And I'm really excited about our next speaker. I just met her. That's only because I just moved to the Dallas area on January 20th. I've been in Houston. So once I got to the Dallas area, I started hearing about all these new people that I don't know. So it's so cool. Um, but this, um, our next speaker, she's a psychic. I, so many things, clairvoyant, medium, empath, channel, spiritual counselor, advisor. And she is also the host of a podcast called Lessons from the Universe. And I have a feeling we're about to get one of those. So please welcome Jennifer Hall. may find themselves looking for how to connect with me after this. Some of my cards, they look like this, are here and by the back door. So y'all try to write it all down. So who already, I see some familiar faces. Who already knows me? You've seen me speak, you've talked to me. Oh, a lot of you. Okay. Um, so for those of you who have it, I'm Jennifer. I am 47. I have 12-year-old twins, all of the human things that lots of us have. I am also clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. That means I see here and feel things. So when I look away or kind of do something weird, I'm getting me out of the way. This is necessary because I am a channel, not a card reader. I get information directly from spirit. That's my guides, your guides, past loved ones, whatever. The truth is it's really all the same thing. It personifies for us. So when I first started doing you know, readings for strangers, Everything that came out of my mouth would come from your dead grandma. You know, grandma says this, grandma says that, grandma says this. At this point now, the people who come and talk to me, they're used to the way that I channel. So when you hear me say, I think, I feel, I believe, this is from spirit. If I'm ever going to give you my opinion, I will be abundantly clear. I will say, as your friend, I think. And unlike Lisa, who apologizes for cussing, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. Just be warned. My focus is your highest good. This is the umbrella I have put over my gift. This is all that I care about. I only care about your bullshit as much as I have to or you want me to, to move you forward. And I see highest good in this direction. So when you see me going like this, it's all I'm doing. I'm looking for the highest good. My regulars, some who are in this room, call me the ass kicker for a reason. If I think it is not your highest good, I am going to tell you, and if I think you're fucking I am going to tell you, and if you still want to do it, I won't judge you. I won't hurt you if I can. <laughs> okay. Now, when I speak in a group setting, I do not. I'm not somebody who likes to pull people out of the group. I think that's awkward. It makes people uncomfortable. Plus, it removes the ability for there to be shared messages, which is always the case. No matter how big of a group I'm talking to, I will have multiple people try to claim the same message. <laughs> so there's that. So just like when I talk to people who come in for a session, I write stuff down. I say, I'm going to talk to these people today. What should I talk to them about? And there's spiritual lessons and all kinds of things. Now, when I speak in a group like this, who has who ever went out to Addison? The Wellness Guy. I love that place. <laughs> I love talking in the cottage. It was so lovely. This is very similar, and I was able to do, I wasn't sure, I was able to do the same thing where I could pick out where people were going to be sitting, and somebody moved on me, you can see my arrow right here, um, to be able to give you some specific things uh, that spirit deemed necessary before we use whatever time is left for more just a spiritual conversation. So the first thing I want to say is I have somebody over in this area who, yeah, who has a health issue going on. I need you to go talk to the right expert. 
Okay, doctors are practicing medicine. It's called practicing for a reason. And when you go to a general doctor, they know a little bit about a lot of things. If you have something going on, go see a specialist. If your specialist told you that there's something huge going on, I want you to go see somebody else. Because what I have is it's not that serious. Now, those of you who know me know that because I don't read cards, the universe will show me something from my life, TV, some other client, whatever. What I am actually picking up on today, I. <laughs> my primary guide talks here. It's like, talk faster. I have a lot to say. Um, so I had a woman come in years ago, the day before she was going to get a hysterectomy. And she sits down. The first thing I have written down for her is, you don't need this surgery. And she doesn't want to talk about it, right? It's already set. It's happening tomorrow, whatever. And I drop it because she's forcibly told me to. But the next morning, right before they're about to put her under, she chickens out and she does not go through with the surgery. She goes to see a new specialist the next day who says, why aren't we just removing the cyst? She goes back to the first doctor. And this asshole, you guys, he says to her, I don't know how to remove that kind of cyst in that location. Okay. He was just going to take out all her business because he was too egoic to refer her outward. Do not just take what a doctor says, okay? Unless it, if you can feel it in your soul and you're like, shit, he's right. Okay, great, right? But if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. And don't get sucked in just because they've got some kind of power, right? Remind yourself, please, what I've been trying to teach my kids, which is that <laughs> this is your expert and you're paying for their time, right? Before we walk out of any appointment, I tell my kids, this is our expert. We're paying for his time. What do you want to ask him, right? Do that for yourself every single time. Okay, don't just go half-ass, don't do it, it's not okay. And I don't wanna see issues bigger than they need to be, okay? All right, so I do also have somebody in this area back over here, and I wanna tell you that alone isn't lonely. Those are different things. Don't get caught up in the idea of what culture says, what ancestors, parents, grandparents say your life is supposed to look like. Okay, these relationships are only necessary if they make you more. Please feel that, right? You are complete. You are complete. And if you're not, complete yourself. Ask yourself, what do I need to do? I need to take a class, read a book, go to a Buddhist temple, whatever it is, but nobody's going to complete you. And literally, I wrote down, think about what you want, not the cultural norm. When you focus on yourself, everything else changes for the positive. Actually, the homework assignment I give, I call it interview questions. Some of you in this room, I think, have done that before. I want you to come up with a list of questions you would ask somebody if you were interviewing them to be your life partner. Right? Now, it could be five, it could be 50. It could be things like, do you sleep with the ceiling fan on? Do you like the dog in the bed? Um, you know, what does retirement look like? Whatever you deem most important. And once you have those questions, answer them. Not as you would have a partner answer them. As you, April 2022. The magic is when you're writing down your answer, when you're answering those questions, you are going to realize where you are full of shit. And that's what you're looking for. Where is this not what I want? Where is this what my mother wanted? What I think I'm supposed to want? What I hope this person I'm dating would want? Where are you full of shit? Find it. Put a star by it. Come back to it till you have an authentic answer because that opens the channel to attract someone that is a good match for who you really are and what you really want. 
and it creates what I call a glass floor, right? Like I can see the old me, but I'm not fucking going down there ever again, right? I'm not gonna avoid this conversation. I'm not gonna avoid this topic. I'm gonna have a conversation, I'm gonna talk about it. And guys, just to be clear, it's not a deal breaker if you don't have a matching answer, right? Some of you have heard my favorite example of the not matching answer is my cousin. He is an introvert, okay? He wants to have a week off and he wants to sit on the couch and listen to Alan Watts and drink whiskey and read depressing novels and be in the dark, okay? His partner wants to vibrantly live and travel from the second she gets off work until the night before she has to go back. This looked like the end for them until I asked her, but who do you want to travel with? And she goes on this whole spiel, totally rehearsed, I want to travel with my partner and I want this life filled with adventure and da 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 da. And when she was done, I said, okay, so you sound like your mom. Who do you want to travel with? My best friend. Great! They are a perfect freaking match, right? She can travel, he can sit home and be depressing and read books and smoke cigars and whatever it is that that dude wants to do. They're a perfect match. But would they have known it if they hadn't taken the time to say, what do I want? Who am I? But it's important to me. I see lots of heads nodding. Quit giving yourself away to other people. Right? You should not need your partner. You should not need them. If you need them, it is a clear choice based on your alliance. Right? A relationship should be an alliance. What's an alliance? One, mutual benefit. Two, shared goals. Three, the choice to combine strengths. I only need my husband because I allow myself to. He got all my technology going today so I could record. He did all it. Could I have done it myself? Yes. Do I want to? Never. <laughs> right? Great. He travels for work sometimes. I catch all the crazy lizards. We live on a creek, right? I get them all in the house. He's home. Babe, lizard. Right? We, we can allow ourselves to need someone. But that is not where a partner comes from. Right? You feel me, right? It's laughing really. Okay. So I also have... <laughs> okay. Also over in here, I have somebody who like, you are not living. This is probably one of the first times you've been out in a while. Guys, the most zen thing you can do is have designated times for designated things. Put it on your schedule and go. Okay? As we spiritually awaken, sometimes we shut down. And then you add the 2020 of it all and all the craziness to it. And some of us are really shut down. I literally used to just go to work and come home until I started putting on my calendar, you're going to Target today. And if it was on my calendar, it was the law. And I still live by that, by the way, not the Target part. But I would go to Target and I would get a buggy so I didn't look crazy. And I'd go up and down every aisle and smile at every person until it quit feeling like a crazy thing to do to be in the world. Okay, don't just lock up. Literally, I have a message for you. Okay, so when I... When I speak to spirit, that has crossed. The easiest thing for them to do is just say, we're your door. I'm opening the door here to give you the information about this individual, right? Sometimes they give me a quote, something specific to say, and I feel like this is going to sound like verbatim out of this human's mouth. The time is now. Get off your ass and live. Live for me. We don't love our past loved ones by doing nothing. That's some boring shit, you guys. They are paying attention, and they don't want to see that. Not to mention the fact that if we don't live, we're telling them my love for you is so fragile that if I live my life, it will go away. 
When we live bigger and fuller and more, we're telling them my love for you is so big. It gives me a foundation to stand on. It makes me stronger. So go give them a show, right? And believe me, it doesn't matter what they said to you right before they died. I had a woman come in years ago. One of my first like random people when I first went on Google, right? She comes in first thing, I, it's overwhelming. I have to tell her, your husband wants you to fall in love again. And I, she gets furious because this asshole on his deathbed said, don't you ever let a man touch you or I will haunt you till the day you die. <laughs> that was his flesh sickness. That was not his reality, right? So it doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter who they were. That dies with the body. That is flesh sickness. That is not real. And there is no sense of you will never be good enough when that mother has passed and suddenly has the clarity of her spirit to realize that criticism is not love. Criticism is not love. Guys, when I look around at the room, I'm making some assumptions about our ages, okay? But our generation and older, literally everybody that I see, we were raised largely with criticism as a form of love. Tough love, whatever. Guys, that's not right. That's not love. And we have to make sure we're not passing it down to other generations. We have to make sure we're not continuing to put this to each other, that criticism is love. We recognize someone's potential by admiring who they are today. You wouldn't even be able to see that potential with who they were right now and didn't have something special. Just focus on that. The potential will take care of itself. Nobody needs you to give them shit, I promise. <laughs> right, instead, give them grace, right? But what is grace? People think they know what grace is, or they think it's just like, pray. No, grace is being unaffected by someone else's lack of self-mastery. Did you get that? Unaffected by someone else's lack of self-mastery. Self-mastery. That's the goal. That is the whole point of our spiritual path. And let's be clear, your spiritual path is all day, every day, every moment. What you do when your mind wanders right now, <laughs> what you do when somebody's being a pain in your ass or cuts you off in traffic, right? I apologized to my son the other day for a disagreement that we had, and he said, but mama, you were right. Hell yeah, I was right. I was 100% right. But I was a little bit more abrupt than I wanted to be. It wasn't self-mastery. I was apologizing to him for being less than my best self, right? It has nothing to do, the other person can suck at fighting. They can be defensive all day. But if you know better, your goal is your self-mastery. Don't match other people's energy unless it's better than yours. We do have these things in our brain called mirror neurons, where we will mirror other people's behavior. Those of us on the spiritual path have the let's call it privilege instead of responsibility because it's a little more easy to swallow. We have the privilege of putting our self-mastery above everything else so that we can perform at the best that we are capable of in any given moment and hopefully the people around us will activate their mirror neurons instead of us falling downward. Some of you who've seen me before or heard me talk, I call that the balcony, right? Spiritual people live life on the balcony. We can see past the rooftops and past the trees. We can see farther while everybody else, for the most part, is standing in the driveway and they can see the front of the house and the bushes and the trees. They can't see what we see. 
It's not our job to make them see it. It's our job to smile while they figure out that there's a staircase up to the balcony. And that staircase is part of the trick, okay? Our spiritual path is like a staircase and then it gets easier and it turns into like a ramp, right? And all along that way, there are auditoriums, not unlike this room here. Places we can peek into, we can walk into. And if we're not careful, we can get stuck in. Some people get stuck in these rooms because there's community, there's safety, or they're afraid to leave, whether it is a particular religion, right? Whether it is a group that does particular things and events together, these places, they want to suck you in, they want to keep you. But what your job is, is to learn and grow and maybe rescue a few people from that room and keep on going, right? Keep on going and view from up there. And when it's someone that you love, right? If I'm taking big steps up and my husband's tiptoeing, at least he's coming, <laughs> right? Don't drag him up there. That slows them down. When you tell somebody what they're not ready to hear, you set them backwards. Criticism is not love. And even if you don't mean it as criticism, it comes off that way when it's too big, too much for what they can handle. Does that make sense? Okay, so I have two more things that came up in my where in the room. In the back, I have someone I want to tell you, remember what fear is? Okay, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real, false experiences appearing real. It is not real, tell yourself the truth. And affirmations alone do not work. Okay, affirmations are great, don't get me wrong. They are the backbone of any spiritual person. But if you are not proceeding it with the two steps that come first, your brain will never believe you and you will not be able to make the change. Our spiritual practice is not for spirit. Our spiritual practice is not for spirit, it's for us, it's for our brains, right? If you are truly on a spiritual path and you haven't spent any time studying how your brain works, I've got homework for you, okay? One of my favorite books is called Buddha's Brain, by the way, very good. Our brain needs to know we're actually taking action in order to believe what we're trying to tell it, right? You cannot say, I am prosperous and believe it if you are sitting on your ass and not paying your rent. That's not going to work. Your brain is not going to buy in to that crap. So <laughs> you start with action. What am I doing to make this better, right? What am I doing? I'm looking for a job. Or if it's about your health, I am eating well. I'm, you tell yourself, you remind yourself, what is the fact here? What am I actually doing to make this affirmation have any human ability of manifesting? Right? It's like, y'all, I had somebody who'd been praying for the universe to support them financially, and then she didn't like the way the money showed up, and she said no. I'm like, what did you think? You can find a stack of cash on your desk? Like, God, you know, I'm waiting for that person that's going to pay off my house so they can text me every day. But that doesn't mean I'm going to sit at home and do nothing. <laughs> right? So action first, what am I doing? And then denial. You have to have your denial. Denial is like taking your ugly sweatpants out of your suitcase so you can take your sexy boots on vacation. Right? Uh, no, I will not be alone forever. No, I will not be eating cat food on the side of the road when I retire. You tell yourself the truth. What is not going to happen in the affirmation? When you know for sure, 
that you're taking action, and you know for sure that that worst case scenario is not gonna happen, then you can just lean hardcore into affirmations and walk around all day saying, I am rich or whatever it is. But guys, if that's all you're doing, that's spiritual bypass. Spiritual bypass is something that's really easy to slip into. We do our spiritual actions, right? We carry our crystals, we say our affirmations, we allow ourselves to lean into that to avoid negative thinking, but we're not actually changing anything. The word is growth for a reason. My theme for all of 2021 with all of my regular clients has was, and really still continues to be, self-mastery. No self-mastery if you're not taking your ugly sweatpants out of your suitcase. <laughs> okay, so the last thing that I have like a specific message for, you know, probably more than one of you, but I was pulled in over in this direction, is to tell you that boundaries are made out of doors and not walls. Think about this. If you're putting up a boundary and you imagine it's made out of doors and not walls, even if all of the doors but one is locked, you can tell that person what door is unlocked, right? Or if you need all the doors locked, that's fine. But you still have a key just in case, right? But when this is even more helpful, especially to a spiritual person, is when you're thinking about communicating with somebody else, right? You need to communicate with someone and you can't get through because they've got this perceived wall around the topic, right? But this is made out of doors and not walls. And maybe there's only one door open and maybe that door sucks, right? Maybe that door is saying, I felt uncomfortable with making it about you, right? We all have to do that with somebody, right? My son and my husband both do this thing where they say, um, well, if you would have said it this way, I wouldn't have gotten upset, right? We've all heard that with somebody, right? But if it was raining when you got here today and cold and muddy and crappy and only one door was unlocked, you'd have come through that door. It might have been inconvenient, might have not been what you wanted, but you'd have walked your ass through that door. So think about that when you're trying to communicate with other people. This is spiritual practice and self-mastery and grace because we say, okay, I need to have this conversation, so I'm going to walk in this particular door. And now we were, we, we, uh, remove the potential for resentment by making it a game because now we're going to go in there and collect keys. We're going to walk in that door whatever way we can get them open-minded and methodically think about which keys are the easiest to get, right? And when it really works really well, it's like the last time I did this with my son a week or so ago, he looked at me about halfway through the conversation and he goes, you know what, Mama, I get it now. You can actually bring this up any way you want to from now on. Now, he doesn't know, he didn't know that in my head I was going from door to door collecting. I didn't tell him, right? Occasionally listens to my podcast. If he ever hears it, maybe he'll learn something. But, <laughs> but that's not the point, right? We can collect the keys. 99% of the time, we want to walk through that unlocked door. Okay. Occasionally, we realize that's not even, I don't even need to see that room ever. It could be the most beautiful room in the house, and I don't need it. Right? Then we just keep walking. Just screw it. Right? But sometimes, right? Occasionally. They try to offer us a door to that room instead of the one we're actually trying to have. Okay? This is when you can ask yourself, literally, the last time this happened was with my husband. I had to throw him right under the bus as usual. And um, I sat there and I thought, do I need, should I walk in this door? And he doesn't know about the doors either, for the record. Um, 
I thought, should I walk in this door? And I was like, wait a minute, that's the door to the wrong room. And so I said to him, babe, I'm, I'm going to remember what you're telling me, but I could not be more direct and authentic than when I say X, Y, Z. He didn't know what to do about that. He just went blank all of a sudden, like, ooh, direct and authentic. But if that's what you are being, right, say it and quit trying to explain yourself. Give people a minute to process. When people can't process you, it's not because they don't love you. It's because they are a sponge and their sponge is full. And they need to squeeze it, <laughs> right? And we can't squeeze it for them. You can't do that. So door's not locked. Okay. All right. Do y'all know that we have Mercury Retrograde coming up? Okay, yeah, very soon we go into pre-shadow on the 26th. We will be full retrograde all through May. And then June 3rd, just in time for my birthday, yay me, we will be in post-shadow. Now, I am not a huge astrology person. I have, I consider it outsmarted my chart. It says I should be who my mother tried to make me. And somehow I managed to avoid that. So I know that it's not set in stone. But what I can tell you is the science behind things like Mercury retrograde makes sense. Those of you who know me know I love science. It is one of my things. In fact, studying physics is what made me give in to my spiritual gifts in the first place. Where the planets are in the sky, they send electromagnetic energy. We have electromagnetic brains, and so that energy affects us. If the planets are doing something weird, they're tilted on their axis, their moon's going backwards, whatever's going on, different electromagnetic energy comes and activates different parts of our electromagnetic brains, and therefore it makes sense that it might affect how we're thinking, how we're feeling, what's going on with us, okay? One thing, she's telling me, hurry up. One thing that it does, of course, is affect technology, and a lot of spiritual people affect technology anyway. I'm one of them, so Mercury retrograde, my phone breaks up, I have to give it to my husband, he touches it, it's fine, all the things. But the thing to remember about Mercury retrograde is it is a tunnel, right? It gives you tunnel vision. And if you think about on a, what's it called? Finding Nemo. Y'all know the movie Finding Nemo? Okay. So there's two different pathways that they take. They do the one where they go on the jellyfish, right? And they're just bouncing all over the place, and eventually they get stung and they collapse. This is most people during Mercury retrograde. Later, they go find the turtle who's like, hey, dude, he's like really cool and laid back. And that guy goes, this way is better, and they hop on the fast track, right? That's what Mercury retrograde can be. Right? If we choose where our focus is, it can be the turtle highway, and we can avoid the jellyfish and all their tentacles and all the shit. Right? So be thinking, what do I want? Right? For some people, it's cleaning out the garage. Fine. Okay? For other people, it's some kind of self-mastery. Or it's what my 2022 goal is for all of my clients, which is, which piece of your life have you neglected for far too long? Right, if life is pie, which is the piece of pie that has not even been baked, right? People always think when they get that sense that something's missing, this global feeling that everybody has told me they have lately, they think it's some part of their life that they already have active. It is not. If you have a relationship, it's not your relationship. If you have a job, it's not your job. It's what you have been ignoring altogether. And it might seem trivial. One of my regulars was embarrassed to tell me she thought it was video games because she had quit playing video games because her ex made fun of her for liking video games and she hadn't started playing yet. I'm like, go get a PS5, like go take it, right? For some people it is business, but not how they think, right? I've got a client who his 
long-term goal is to have um, like a consultation kind of business, but he wants to work at three Fortune 500 companies first. He's only worked at two. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean work is missing something. He wasn't following anybody doing what he wants to do. He wasn't studying anything that people need to do that do what he, he didn't have a DBA. That afternoon, he followed two people, got his $25 DBA, and was like, wow, I feel right. Man, you guys, we've all been neglecting something, and it's not just the obvious, it's been COVID and we haven't been going places. It's more than that. You're gonna ask yourself, what am I missing? And then go get it. And put it on your interview questions. Because whatever it is, whoever would love you would let you have it. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me today.